Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Kim Reynolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, emergency podcast. We have to do these once in a while. Reports coming out. The defensive coordinator, Pete Kwiatkowski, has accepted an offer to be the defensive coordinator for Steve Sarkeesian at the University of Texas. Seeing some big numbers floating around. Uh, three years, $6 million. I believe Pete um, was making about $1.1 here at Washington. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, Chris, but I think that's pretty close. But word started leaking out last night, got a couple of phone calls, and then it was uh, leaked out on Twitter. And Dave Softy Mahler confirmed it this morning that uh, he is obviously gone. And um, when you talk about Dave Softy Mahler, He's probably the head husky honk. He runs the post-game show, the pre-game show, as well as the coaches' show. So you can pretty much guess who the source was on that. But everything that we heard last night, it sure looks like Pete Kwiatkowski has gone to the University of Texas. Um, Chris, just take you kind of off uh, off guard a little bit? A little bit, um, only in the sense that, you know, I mean, Coach K's got a pretty sweet deal in Seattle. I mean, he's... You know, he's had a nice setup ever since he came with Chris Peterson from Boise State. Um, obviously was the defensive coordinator and kind of ran the defense for the first few years and then took a little bit of a backseat to allow Jimmy Lake to move up and become the defensive coordinator. And, and that way Washington was able to keep Jimmy Lake, which obviously turned out to be a great move for them because now he's the head coach. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly is going to be a really interesting dynamic for for Pete just because you know he's kind of lived in the northwest in in somewhat in anonymity and now he's going to be one of the premier defensive coordinators in the country in terms of a known entity i mean i think in my opinion he was already one of those guys but he was able to do it in relative quiet in seattle because it's just kind of the way things are done up here and now and you know he goes to austin texas and and texas is a whole different animal I mean, it's just going to be incredibly different. It's going to be a real media fishbowl down there, especially with Sarkeesian coming in. And, um, you know, their whole thing right now is, from what I've read, is they, they call it all gas, no brakes. Um, you know, I'm not sure if that's the way that Coach K looks at things when he when he's uh, looking at his coaching situation. But it's going to be fun to watch him, and I'll certainly be uh, – checking out Texas, you know, in, in more ways than one. Scott, when I uh, told you guys to call me and I told you this, what were your initial thoughts? Um, well, before you said that it was going to be Texas, I was actually worried that it might have been uh, Oregon. Um, and, I mean, that that just made no sense to go to Oregon. Texas makes a ton of sense for a lot of reasons, mostly money, but some of it might be that um, just he had felt that, his time at Washington was done and, and he was ready to move on and do something else, you know? Um, 
there's always the possibility there was some work environment stuff. Who knows what's going on? Maybe he doesn't feel like he can have success here at the University of Washington, and he does down at the University of Texas. And and um, it's hard to see a guy like that go. He's very talented. Um, but you asked what my feeling was. My gut kind of dropped when you said you better call me right now because – you had told us on, what was it, Saturday night or Sunday? Sunday night, yeah. Yeah, Sunday night that something could be coming down and you'd let us know when it, when, when it, uh, happened and, and, uh, so, yeah, it, I, I guess I'm not shocked. I was more dreading that it could be Oregon, but, uh, yeah, Texas makes a ton of sense to me, honestly. Yeah, just a little bit of, uh, context with what's, um, what's happening when, um, Jimmy came uh, to Boise from, I believe it was Tampa. It was from the NFL, and uh, PK was the um, defensive coordinator at Boise State at the time. And when they came to Washington, you know, Jimmy was running the secondary, and Pete was running the, you know, the entire defense. Well, Jimmy, you know, and a lot of people told me Jimmy's goal is to get back to the NFL, you know, and he carved himself a path that would get himself to the NFL. And he started climbing the ladders and he started interviewing for different jobs, defensive coordinator jobs. Um, was it Texas or Al- it was Alabama? Alabama. Did Alabama. he interview with Texas, Jimmy, for the Texas defensive coordinator job at all? Do you guys remember? No, I just remember that Arizona State was looking hard at him before they hired Herm Edwards. Right. Um, so I, I just remember that being a – they were one of the, the schools that was a factor. And I know that, uh, you know, where, where it is that Jimmy turned down the Colorado job as well. But um, in order to keep Jimmy, um, it became necessary for um, Pete to kind of step aside a little bit and uh, let Jimmy be the defensive coordinator and run the defense and call the plays, even though – Pete was heavily involved, um, you know, so, uh, and by the way, Kwiatkowski got a bump when he did that, but last year I believe Jimmy was making $1.7 as the defensive coordinator, and Pete was making $1.1, so, you know, I'm sure that, you know, uh, Coach K was happy for Jimmy, but I got to believe there's a little bit of just kind of rolling your eyes a little bit. I've heard this year that Jimmy was pretty tough on his defensive staff. As Coach Peterson was when Coach uh, Pete was here, he was pretty hard on his offensive staff, and we'd heard that Jimmy was hard on his defensive staff. So, you know, after stepping aside, mentoring the guy who's now the head coach and all of this kind of, you know, all the stuff, stepping aside, not making as much as the guy that you stepped aside for, I wonder how much that factored into the equation. Plus, you know, the room, numbers being thrown around, $6 million for three years, $2 million a year. Plus, moving to Austin, I mean, that's not exactly, you know, Tuscaloosa, Alabama or, uh, you know, places down in Mississippi. It's a really good place to live. So I wonder how much that had to do with the um, uh, decision to go ahead and leave for Texas and Coach Sarkeesian. Chris, your thoughts on that? I don't know. I mean, it just like I said, it's it's something that obviously you heard a couple of days ago might might be in the in the works. And obviously we've been kind of monitoring things as they go. But, you know, my my initial feeling is it going down there is that it really I think a lot of this hinges on on Steve Sarkeesian and just how much of the lessons that he's learned under uh, Nick Saban, for instance, how much of how many of those lessons have really taken hold? Because 
I get the sense that Steve Sarkeesian is a completely different guy from the Steve Sarkeesian that we know when he came to Washington when he was in his early 30s back in 2009 to resuscitate a program that had literally went winless the year before. Um, and, and if he's really the guy that can lead a program like Texas and be a guy that can handle that media fishbowl um, to the level that they need to at Texas, because we know Texas is tough. I mean, that is a brutal place to go if you're not doing well. And, you know, Tom Herman, Tom Herman was, I mean, you look at his record, his record was pretty good, but it's nowhere near the the, the level that the Texas fans needed to be in order for them to, to think that they're successful and that, you know, competing for national championships, that kind of thing. So, you know, Coach K is getting everything he wants from a coaching standpoint and everything else. Now, I'm just kind of wondering what the other things that are going to be involved in this package. You know, how involved is he going to be in recruiting? Um, he started to make inroads in Texas, obviously, with guys like Levi Anzarike. Um, you can look at Vic Kern, Connor, uh, uh, Cooper McDonald, some of these guys coming through, JV on Sunday, um, Caleb Berry now coming through. So it's just, um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting from the recruiting aspect. And then also just what his media obligations are going to be in general. Is this going to be something where Sark is going to take all that on his plate and kind of leave Coach K to kind of do his thing and be the, the mad scientist that we all know that he enjoys being and kind of wants to be behind the scenes? Yeah. I think these are all things that I'm going to be really looking forward to uh, watching and seeing how that progresses during the spring and summer. Yeah. Hey, Scott, just a couple of things. You know, I, I'm a big believer in Sark is not the same guy um, at uh, Texas that he was at Washington. Uh, do you remember? I mean, Steve got hired when he was 33 years old now. What is he now? 45, 46. I think he's grown up a lot. And, you know, Chris, when you mentioned the um, media stuff, he might take a page out of Nick Saban's, um, you know, playbook at, uh, at Alabama. Assistant coaches weren't allowed to talk to the media. So I'm sure Coach K would be okay with that. But Scott, I think the interesting thing is usually when you hire a defensive coach or a defensive coordinator, he wants to hire his staff. And it sounds like that defensive staff is mostly filled out. They may have one opening and that's it. Yeah. And that could be good news from Washington's standpoint because he won't be taking anybody with him. Uh, so Washington will at least have continuity in that standpoint, but. Well, they still have you, one opening on that defensive yeah, side of the ball but, at Texas. Yeah, but, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But the, you asked about Sark. Well, Sark didn't really let his, oh, I mean, how many times did we hear from Doug Nussmeyer when he was here? How many times did we hear from, um, what was Eric, uh, Kisau? Eric Kisau. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, how many times did we hear from those guys when they were here? We didn't really hear from them that much. It was yeah, but always how, how, how often did we hear from Nick Holt? All yeah, but yeah, but that's because he was awesome, you know. And <laughs> uh, uh, and but I mean, I, I just have a feeling that Pete. Uh, I mean, Pete and Sark will come to a uh, agreement that hey, I'm not a huge fan of doing doing media. I'll do a little bit here and there because I mean, he always met with us after practices and things like that. But as far as games and things like that, how many times do we hear from Pete Kwiatkowski? I, I don't remember really ever hearing from him. So, well, I mean, if we asked for him, he would he would talk to well, us. Well, I think he, he was asked us. for almost every time. And I, I don't remember. I, I, Jonathan Smith came up every now and then. Maybe once or twice over the last seven years have I seen Kwiatkowski after a game. But, um, I mean, for the most part, Kwiatkowski, you know, would rather just, like Chris said, just sit back, do his thing. 
um, devise schemes and things like that. And as far as the recruiting stuff is concerned, you know, I, I just want to address that. Sark's hiring a bunch of guys who are really good recruiters and Sark's a good recruiter to have a guy like Kwiatkowski who I don't think he minds getting out on the road and, and doing recruiting and things like that, but that's not really his forte. And I think anybody who knows him, and I think he even admitted himself that <clears throat> he isn't on the level of some of these other guys as far as being a recruiter, but um, there's no better schemer in the country. I mean, there might be guys who are equal to him, but I don't think there's any better schemer in this country than Pete Kwiatkowski as a defensive coordinator. A couple, couple things I wanted to add to that, Scott. Just what you had talked about earlier a little bit in terms of the media and all that stuff. I think work-life balance is incredibly huge for Coach K. I think it's something that he wanted to mirror and emulate that Chris Peterson talked about a lot. Um, so I think that Sark is going to have to make accommodations for that. I think um, it's one of those things where I, I, I think Coach, is, Coach K is going to want to run that defense. Um, the one thing I would say, Kim, in terms of like basically having that that Texas staff already fleshed out, except for maybe one position, we know we know Pete. Pete is incredibly malleable when it comes to it. He's incredibly uh, selfless, has no ego coming into this position, and that that's what's going to make it work. Because you're right. Typically, a defensive coordinator is going to want to come in, especially at a high-profile program like Texas, and he's going to want to put his imprint on it right away. He's going to say, I want this guy, this guy, and this guy, and I'm not going to come unless you get those guys. Coach K doesn't look at it that way. I don't think he looks at it that way at all. I think, first of all, he can work with anybody. And then second of all, I think, you know, I kind of put it out on the Texas board. I kind of looked at him as like Norm Chow of defense. He wants to be the X's and O's guy. He wants to be the mad scientist. He wants to be the guy behind the guy. And he doesn't really care for all the other public stuff. He just wants to, you know, go out and hunt and fish and do his thing. And then when he's called on to do his job, he comes in and he does his job at a very high level. And then he goes away and he goes about his business and, and, and has a nice separation between the two. And if Sarkeesian has a way of being able to convince him that he can do that, then I think it's, it's an easy sell. An easy sell. I think it's just going to be an interesting situation for him down in Texas. So uh, I, you know, he's pretty much a laid back guy, you know, but, uh, you know, a lot of, you don't have to be a yeller and a screamer and, you know, all that fired up to be a defensive coordinator. I think you got to be kind of that mad scientist and that's indeed what he is. But, you know, Chris, you know him as well as anybody on this staff. Um, you know, just how do you think his personality fits down there? Well, like I said, I mean, we saw what Pete Kwiatkowski is all about back in 2018 when they came at a crossroads. Peterson came at a crossroads with Jimmy Lake. We knew that Jimmy Lake was getting really serious interest from a lot of very high-profile programs around all over the country. And Pete Kwiatkowski, basically him and Pete were just like, look, I'll step back. If it means Jimmy can go and kind of move up another rung in the ladder – Get some, get some play calling experience, be the DC, get that little thing on his resume, and that will help him move forward. I got no problems with that. You know, and as long as the money's the same, I don't think he was worried about it. I just don't think he's into the titles. I don't think he's into any of that. And what he did back in 2018 showed all of that. And so to me, I think again, this is a, this is in a, in a profession that's incredibly ego driven. Pete Kwiatkowski is one of those few, few guys that just doesn't care about any of that stuff. He wants to coach kids. He wants to mentor. He wants to be an X's and O's guy. He wants to scheme and he wants to compete. 
And I think those are the only things that really matter to him. And all the rest can kind of, if the head coach has a way to make all the rest of those things go away for him, then it's a perfect situation. Scott, just your thoughts, personality of him blending in down there on that staff. Because I, I, I kind of get the feeling that, you know, Steve Sarkeesian will just leave the defense to him. Yeah, I do too. Um, and that's kind of what St- Steve Sarkeesian did when, uh, Nick Holt was here and when Justin Wilcox was here as his, uh, offensive or as defensive coordinator. So, um, I don't see that changing very much. I think Steve Sarkeesian would rather be the CEO and pro- probably, uh, focus more of his time on the offensive side of the ball and let Kwiatkowski kind of go and do his thing. And I think that's why he went after a top five defensive coordinator like Pete Kwiatkowski. Um, so, you know, that's something to consider. The other thing, um, is that as far as his personality down there, you know, like Chris said, it's an ego driven, uh, profession and every coach on that staff, especially to get to the level of Texas, even if you're just a lowly quote unquote lowly assistant, um, you know, I, I think a guy like, uh, Pete Kwiatkowski has probably the, the smallest ego of the bunch. Um, especially, you know, when you look back at what he did up here to st- take a step back. And with that being the case, I, I think, um, um, a relatively smaller ego with a, with a room full of big egos can fit in just fine and not really make waves. Quick word from our sponsors. And when we return, who are the candidates to replace Pete Kwiatkowski as the defensive coordinator at University of Washington? If this does indeed happen, which at the time of doing this looks pretty much a done deal, uh, that and more when we return. It's the guys from dogman.com on Dogman Radio. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of the farmer's dog we make fresh food for dogs we started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog jada when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food the farmer's dog food isn't fancy it's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs it's better for them and easier for you Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. We're back. It's the guys from dogman.com. I'm Kim Reynolds with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and Pete Kwiatkowski. By all indications and media reports that uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, the defensive coordinator at Washington, has taken over the same position at the University of Texas, which leads to the question, Chris, who's going to take over for PK on the coaching staff? Well, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's as simple as just a like for like switch because, you know, PK was not only a phenomenal defensive coordinator, but he was also a phenomenal outside linebackers coach, which is a very specific type of thing that they're looking for at Washington with the, with the nickel base scheme that they run. So now you have to ask yourself, is there a guy out there that's ready made to fit that role that can also do both? Well, I don't know if there is just a quick look. I mean, there might be like Peter Sermon could maybe be one of that kind of guy. You just never know. Could you pry him away from Cal? Cause basically it'd be a lateral switch, um, from what he's doing. Now, obviously Washington fans are going to say there's no way that's a lateral switch. Washington's way better than California. Well, yeah. I mean, in a number of ways, you're not wrong, but from a, from, from a, from a, from a strict, position and and the job qualifications and everything else that he'd be doing pretty much the same thing so he's the only one that i see right away that would be a, 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 a just a kind of a a straight swap you could just do if, if coach k is going to texas you could take peter sermon and you could move him from cal to washington 
and pretty much everything is seamless. Now, the other thing is, is that you've got to think about whether or not Jimmy Lake wants to create continuity and just hire from within. And then obviously you've got two main guys. You've got Akaika Malloy, who was the co-DC with Coach K this year, or you've got Bob Gregory, who's obviously got tremendous experience. The, the oldest, uh, coach there in terms of experience on the, on the defensive staff. So those are the two guys where if you do an immediate kind of promote from within type of situation, then all of a sudden now you have to go, okay, if we hire Akaika to do that job, he can do that and he can do the, off the defensive line. Now, do we just find another linebackers coach? How do we, you know, there may be a reconfiguration of how the staff goes, for instance. So you go that route. Or you could do what Jimmy Lake did with John Donovan on the offensive side is where you go completely out of the box. You hire a guy that doesn't have a connection to either Coach Lake or Washington, which I would find interesting. But that would obviously place us at a complete disadvantage because we wouldn't know where he's going right. to, and what he'd be looking for. But there are certainly names out there that are immediate names that people can think of that aren't right. on the staff. You know, we talked about Peter Sermon, Gerald Alexander, Court Dennison, um, you know, Marcel Yates even, who's at California, was at Boise State for a while. He was at, you know, uh, the former Arizona defensive coordinator, um, Dante Williams. You've got, so you, you've got a number of names out there with connections to either Lake or Washington that you can look at. Scott, thoughts on possible replacements? Um, I like Gerald Alexander as a possibility, but part of that is, you know, what, what would the staff look like? Because, um, I can't remember what he, I, I don't have it in front of me, what he is down at, uh, out down at, um, uh, Cal, but is, is he the secondary guy? Yeah. Gerald, yeah. No, he's, no, he's, he's in Miami. Miami. Oh, Miami, but he's a secondary guy, right? He's defensive right. backs coach. Yeah, yeah, defensive backs. So, you know, would, I mean, that would, that would pretend probably a bunch of different moves uh, on Washington's staff with Will Harris and, and Terrence Brown already on staff. So, you know, we'd have to kind of see what happens as far as that's concerned. A guy to keep an eye on, um, and I mentioned this to you guys in our little text thread on, and when we were coming up with different names, is a name by the, uh, a guy by the name of Kane Ione. Is it I, I, Ione or Iwane? Iwane. Iwane, um, out of, he's at, uh, Montana State right now. Working for Jeff Choate, who everybody remember was the D-line coach here before uh, at Boise State and at the University of Washington before he headed over to Mississippi or uh, Montana State, and then uh, Kane uh, Ihuane is uh, was a defensive analyst at Washington on in 2017-2018. So they have a that's a bit of a history, and he's the D coordinator there at Montana State, and he's actually done pretty well. During his time there, um, and a lot of people thought if um, Jeff Choate left to become the Boise State head coach, Andy Avalos uh, eventually got that job. But if if Jeff Choate had left, a lot of people considered uh, Ione Iwane the guy, the heir apparent to Choate. So if that's the case, it would be a step up for him to move from Montana State as a defensive coordinator, where he does have play calling responsibilities to come up to the University of Washington, be the defensive coordinator here, and uh, possibly work his way up to 
another job where he'd have the opportunity to work at an FBS school after a couple of years as a defensive coordinator at the University of Washington. Well, could Jeff Chope be a candidate? I, I mean, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know if you take a, I mean, he's had some success at Montana State, and I don't know if you, you would go from being a head coach at an FCS school to a D coordinator at another school. I, yeah. I just. I, I have a hard time seeing that, but well, you know, you never, I mean, the money, obviously he's going to make more money doing that. Cause what's, what's these, he make it? What's he make at Montana state? 250? Uh, maybe, maybe a little more than that, but, but it's also, you know, if he does well there and has success and he can get a head coaching job at a, at a group of five school next and, you know, make more than he could as a D coordinator here. So, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. My feel, my feeling on Chode is that if, if, if Chode, if he felt because of this coaching search with Boise State, if that didn't bear fruit and he couldn't get from Montana State to a program like Boise State, he might feel like he's kind of hit a dead end. And if he's hit a bit of a dead end, why not come back to Washington as a D.C., do his thing, and then now all of a sudden he might be able to become a head coach at the Mountain West level or something like that. There are things that you have to consider, and I'm not saying it would be something that would make sense for Jeff Choate, but it it wouldn't surprise me if, if those types of thoughts might be going through his head a little bit. Um, one other thing I would add, too, is that I know guys like, like Gerald Alexander and Dante Williams are going to be really hot names that Washington fans are going to talk about a lot. Well, in the list of all the guys that we're considering right now and looking at, and I'll have a, I'll have a story up a little bit later today with the biographies of all these guys that would be immediate kind of attention grabbers, guys that you would immediately connect with Washington. Those are the only two guys that really don't have any defensive coordinator experience. Um, they have, they don't even have that much actual position experience either. Both those guys are still relatively young and their connection to Washington is really just as grad assistants. Um, you know, they're, they, Dante Williams right. now is considered a defensive pass game coordinator at USC. He, his star is really on the rise. So do you take, if you're Jimmy Lake, knowing that you can still kind of run things a little bit on the defensive side, do you bring in a guy like Dante Williams and groom him or Gerald Alexander and groom him? Cause you got to remember Gerald Alexander was a grad aide at Washington in 2014, first year with Chris Peterson and those guys. He was, he was an intern with the Tennessee Titans. He became an intern with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2016. And then he was with Montana State for one year. Yep. And then he spent the three years at, at Cal, and now he's at Miami, and all he's coached is defensive backs. He's never been a coordinator. He's never really done anything of that of that sort. So now, if you're Jimmy Lake, do you you have a question to ask? Do you want to bring in a guy who's ready made that can run things how you want? You know, if there's if there's kind of a, a molding of the mind, so to speak, and you have guys that want to run what you run, and they see what you see, and they buy into your vision. Or do you bring in a guy that you know you can mold into the same kind of guy you were and be that mentor and bring that guy up? And then that guy would eventually just kind of be the one that would take over the entire defense. I, I think yeah, there's I interesting think, options for him right now. Yeah. And I think it comes down to, you know, you know, if, if this does happen, which like I said, all indications are it's going to happen. I think it comes down to how much control does Jimmy Lake want to give up? 
You know, when you talk, take a look, you know, with Chris Peterson and the Washington offense, he was heavily involved. When you take a look at Andy Reid, he was, I mean, he's the offensive coordinator at Kansas City. Sean McVay is the offensive coordinator, you know, at, uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. Pete Carroll runs the Seahawk defense, no matter what people say about Ken Norton. Pete Carroll is running that. Is this a situation where, you know, you can just elevate a guy like Akaika Malloy and uh, Jimmy Lake is still the defensive coordinator and then just hire another coach? Or does he hire a coach that he can hand the defense off to and let that guy run it? If that happens, then we've got to ask ourselves how much of that defensive staff, you know, stays in place. If you're going to hire a defensive coordinator, he's going to want some of his own guys in there. So who's susceptible? Is it Coach Gregory? Is it, you know, the the secondary coaches at Washington? You know, who are the candidates to possibly be gone if a new defensive coordinator comes in? But I again, I think that there's a good chance that Jimmy could want to run the defensive self and uh, keep keep control of that. So um, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, uh, to say the least. But uh, hey, just uh, wrap this up real quick so we can get the information out to you guys. Just quickly, final thoughts, Scott Eklund? Well, you know, I, I mean, it, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard loss for the University of Washington. I think I, I feel great for Pete Kwiatkowski. He's getting the recognition that he deserves from being the football mind that he is. <clears throat> One thing I'll say, and a lot of people, you know – I think returns are still out on Jimmy Lake as the head coach of the University of Washington, and this is going to be a real test for him because, let's be honest, he had a lot of test uh, of testing that he had to go through last year with the pandemic and guiding the program through it, getting them ready, going 3-1, and one, coaching his first games, sealing up a recruiting class, all those different things, but he didn't really have to deal with any coach turnover other than Bush Hamden and um, – uh, Jordan Powell, uh, being let go and he hired John Donovan and brought in Durham Cato, who was already on the staff. So, um, you know, I, this is going to be a real test for him and, and where he wants to go. And one thing I'll say, if Jimmy Lake isn't the guy, and I don't think we know whether he is or isn't the guy to lead this program here over the next five, six, seven years, if he is not the guy, this will hasten that 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 move and that's actually good for the program in the long run because the faster you get a coach that isn't getting it done out of the system then that's the good thing but if he is the guy he's going to go out and make a really good hire get get this program set up really well and uh and they'll just move forward even though they lose a really really good coach in Pete Kwiatkowski quickly Chris Setters yeah, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat the loss. I mean, he's a top five defensive coordinator in college football, in my opinion. Um, it's severely underrated, but I think a lot of that has to do with being in the Pac-12, being in Seattle, um, kind of admittedly just wanting to go under the radar, being undetected. That's completely Coach K's speed. He, his, his results speak on the field. I mean, he is, you look at his numbers, they're as good as anyone in the country. Uh, Texas fans should be absolutely, um, over the moon to get a guy like Coach K because he's not only a great X's and O's guy and a great coach, a great uh, teacher of kids, but he's he's just a really good guy too. And I'll be rooting for him. Uh, it'll be fun to watch what he does at Texas. And then again, you know, with Coach Lake, he's got so many different uh, roads he could take with his hire. Um, he may hire two guys. You never know. It all depends on the situation at hand and which way he goes in terms of hiring from within or hiring from outside the program. I also I also think this is an, an incredible opportunity for him to bolster things in terms of Washington's recruiting prowess. Uh, Coach K was not considered a great recruiter, but he was 
that was because he was a, an unbelievable coach, and that's where he placed the majority of his emphasis and his time on. Um, he recruited some really good kids, though, so it's not like he can't recruit, but he wasn't considered an ace. Does Jimmy Lake go out and try to recruit an ace now uh, and, and, and maybe just continue to hire from within but bring in another guy who is known to being a, a guy that can bring in top, top recruits? I don't know. Those are those are going to be questions that we'll see, and 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 hopefully they'll get answered here in the coming weeks when uh, we see the coaching search and and how Jimmy Lake proceeds uh, going forward. But make no mistake, losing Pete Kwiatkowski at Washington is a tremendous tremendous blow, and it'll be really really interesting to see how they move going forward. At the time of the podcast, not 100% done, but I would say it's 99% done. Uh, with Softy confirming and just some of the texts uh, I've been receiving doing this email from people close to the situation who would know. And uh, the word is would be surprised if it didn't happen. But, um, you know, to keep up on it all, just make sure and keep it right here at dogman.com. We will keep you up to speed, up to the minute. And for those who don't subscribe to the site, Hardcore football message board. That's where all the good stuff is. That's where you'll get the latest information and all the uh, background stuff that's going on. So just keep it right here at dogman.com. And for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Chris Fatter, Scott Eklund. Go dogs. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.